Welcome to another inspirational message from Fields Church. I just want to read this to you. If you've got your Bibles, you can open to this passage if you like. As I've just been praying over the last uh, 24 hours or so, not for 24 hours, think, oh, super spiritual pastor, prayed prayed for 20 hours, 24 hours, no, that's not it. Uh, I really had this on my heart as we were, as I was thinking about this message series, I'm really excited about this message series, I am. Um, Where's, um, who did the slide? Ellie, where's Ellie? Great slide, Ellie. I love the slide. That was an amazing piece of work. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for our creative team. They do a great job doing all the slides. So we just want to give credit. Can we give them a round of applause? <laughs> Thinks you'll feel a bit embarrassed. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Uh, Luke 4.18. We can see that a similar passage in Isaiah 61. Um, I'm reading from the New Living. I like the New King James, but I'll read from the New Living. The Spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus, is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that blind eyes will see, that the downtrodden will be fixed from their oppressors and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. I really feel that's uh, poignant for this series that we're doing at the moment. I'd just like to pray for us as well um, before we, we carry on. Let's just do that. Father God, I just thank you for this message of I am. It does talk about who God is. It's one of his names. But it, it, this message is about who we are in him. And when we get to know him, and when we know who he is, we'll get to know truly who we are. And Jesus, you came for many reasons. You came to die, to take our sin. Um, but you came to set at liberty those who are bound. You came to set captives free. Your heart, your goal, I think your passion is to see people whole. Completing you, Father, lacking no good thing. Strong in the things of the Lord. Growing in the things of the Lord. So that we can be strong Christians, strong believers. And I believe these things that come against us, that, that trap us, that keep us bound. Like fear, like anxiety, like panic attacks. They're not of you, Father God. And, and that's just the, the tricks of the enemy lying to us. Telling us that we're something that we're not. Labeling us in some way. But we want to learn today over the, and today and, and in the coming weeks about who we are in Christ and how important that is. So Father, I thank you as I teach this morning that my words are like seeds, Mark 4 says. And they will go, I believe, into the heart, which is the soil. I pray that that soil will be watered, Father God, and it will produce, produce a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. I thank you, Lord, that you give every person in this place ears to hear what the Spirit of God would say to them this morning. These your children. I'm just the under-shepherd to the good shepherd. You are the good shepherd and you are good. You are good. And I thank you, Father God, that this word will not fall on deaf ears. And I thank you, Father God, that um, as I speak this morning, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak through me. I'm just the messenger. You are the true teacher. And I pray that you would impart all that you would want to impart to these people today in setting them free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just quickly, another advert about our prayer and fasting book. Don't you think that looks amazing? Again, our creative team. I see stuff that goes out. Our creative, come on. 
I think it's a little tame. Sorry. <laughs> if, if your team scored, my team lost, by the way, yesterday. 3-0. <laughs> Hang on. And I want to tell you that I've been mocked this morning. I'm not going to say who mocked me and who sort of tried to belittle me. Yeah, it wasn't you, Danny. I'm not, I'm not naming names. I'm not naming and shaming this morning. But I'm just going to give them grace. I'm just going to give them all grace. I don't really care. They deserve, they, they deserve to lose anyway. I'll tell you a story about Watford. No, I won't tell you that story. It's not good. Um, yeah, this book is just amazing. And this will help you, if you're, if you're fasting and praying, this will help you and guide you through each day as you pray about the church. We're going to come tonight for encounter, like Kimberly says, and we're going to go through some of the points of our vision. I'll, go, I'll mention that in a minute. I'll just mention it now. We're going to be praying for uh, wholeness and pastoral care. Part of our vision is a heart for God, heart for people. Global creative influences. Woohoo! They're over there and over there. And over here and over there, this door to the right, over there. Community champions, space for growth and home for good. That's what we're going to be praying for. And maybe there's things in your life that you need to take stock of. Maybe you've got some decisions in your life to make, big decisions. And I think a time of prayer and fasting will be good for all of us. Just to, just to take time aside. When, if you're watching the TV, switch the TV off and just begin to pray. When you sit down for a meal, don't have that meal. Or a cup of coffee, don't have that cup of coffee. Take that time to pray and to fast. And just seek God about the church and where we're going and how we're moving forward. And about your own life as well. I think that's really, really important. So we wanted to share that. The last thing I want to share, Esther created this little book. It's from uh, copyright is Craig Grishel, but all of his materials are free online. We've created this little booklet here. What Esther did, I'd like to say, it's the royal we. I probably took the pages out of the printer and loaded the printer. Is that all right? But she did all the research, got all the stuff. And it's about the word, word declarations. And there's some great things in here. Um, personal declarations. Because of Jesus, it talks about family, relationships, temptation, addiction, discouragement, hope, finish strong, offense, he is God, fear and anxiety. So if you'd like one, what we'll do is get a, a sign-up sheet and you can fill your name in. And what we are going to do is charge you for it, just a couple of quid, just to cover the cost of the printing. Nothing else. We're going to make money on it. And if you'd like one, I think that's a good thing for you, for, you, for your daily devotion, for every Christian to have. Because we hear lots of words in the airwaves, coming through the radio, coming through the TV, that are not godly. This is God's word. It brings life to all who find it. It, it gives life. That's what God's word does. That's why we come to church to hear a message every Sunday. Is that okay? And lastly, we've got prayer and praise cards here. We've got them on our, on our tables out there when we have tea and coffee. If you've got a prayer request or a praise report, fill one of those in, put them in the basket or the, the tin at the back next door, and we can read them out and pray for you. Okay, we're starting this new series. I'm going to kick off right now called I Am, and I'm just so passionate about this because we all need to realize who we are, and a lot of Christians don't realize who they are, and we need to know that. So before I start this morning, um, I've just shared those uh, few things. I want to share what we're going to talk about uh, over the coming weeks. I'm going to do this week, uh, and I'm going to do the last one, I am because he is. And then some of the team, got Danny and Kimini, Andrew, 
Um, who else is going to teach? Stephen, Heidi, uh, and myself. We're going to share these messages over the, over the coming weeks. And here are some of the things, the, some of the topics that we're going to cover. I am not. I am not. I am not what others say about me. That's part of it. Or the labels that people want to label me with or label you with. I am good. Do you believe that you're good? We know God is good, but do you believe that you're good? That there's goodness inside of you? I am loved. Do you know how much you love that? I like that, uh, Heidi. It's just right this morning about love. A lot of people think, well, I don't know. Maybe you don't experience love. How many of you don't experience love? Or don't know what love is? You don't feel loved. Maybe even by God you think, I don't know whether God loves me. He loves you. Well, I've done too much in my life. I've done too many bad things. He still loves you. Well, I'm going to mess up tomorrow and do more bad things. He still loves you. He loves you. Are you loved? Do you feel loved? God loves you. I am attractive. There was a bit of a, there was a, bit of a fight over this one. There were th- three good-looking men. I'm not going to name those people. I could have been one of them. Um, that thought about this. Now, I wasn't fighting over it. It was the other two. But um, I, I am attractive. Do you feel attractive? Do you feel attractive? Come on, just think of it. All right, good looking for men, attractive for ladies. Anyone know what beauticians do? <laughs> uh, so we, how many beauticians have we got here? Okay. Yeah, I, I can't quite work this out with beauticians. I've gone to beauticians before and I said, can you do anything? <laughs> and the answer uh, has not been very good. Yeah. So I'm a bit concerned about beauticians. I am attractive. Oh, the next one, I am strong. Andrew's going to do that one. I fancied doing that one. I am strong. Do you feel strong? Maybe you don't feel strong in your strength, but you can in his strength. He is your strength. Tell your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and say, he is your strength. Tell your neighbor the other side. He is my strength. I am capable. How many of you feel capable? <laughs> Some people are going like this. I believe you are. I am needed. Do you think you're needed? You know, these are big subjects. I am kind. Do you feel kind? We need to be kind, don't we? We need to be kind. Kindness. I am enough. We know God's enough, but I am enough. These are things to think about yourself. I am because he, he is. I want to give credit to Heather Rogers, the author of a book that we've taken this material from. She's given us license to print this material, which we've done, given the leaders uh, all this material, and, um, and we can teach it in our church. So I just wanted to give credit to Heather. She's gone on a journey. She's in a church in, um, in Cambridge and had a lot in her life and she'd been rejected. Her parents didn't love her didn't care for her and she was very rejected then got saved became a christian and her life has changed and transformed and now she she mentors young people especially because she was one young once and had these issues and problems and she's helping young people overcome these problems so i just want to say that's great great thank you heather right before i want to talk about and get into I am because he is i want to look at two things this morning that's identity everyone say identity and significance where do you find your identity from where do you find your significance from where do you get your significance the dictionary defines I was meant to put that up earlier and I forgot there we go 
The dictionary defines identity. Who you are, the way you think about yourself, that is massive today. What do you think about yourself? Do you even like yourself? Do you love yourself? And I'm not talking about the kind of love that you know, is, is, is silly, that you think too much and, and too highly of yourself. But the, the bog standard, what do you think about yourself? Do you like yourself? Many people, even Christians, don't think much of themselves. Many can't accept the way they look. Many compare themselves to others, especially where social media, they know that can be a good thing. And I'm not trying to knock it. There's, there's a good side to it. But there's such a bad side to it. Such a bad side and a dark side to it. And the devil, if you're feeling like that, if you compare yourself to others, right, you don't think much of yourselves, the devil will want to mess you up and tell you, yeah, you, you, you are no good. You don't look good. You don't look like that person, your friend on, on Facebook, with that lovely photo and the life that they have. A lot of that's not really real, is it? Carry on reading. It means, identity means who you are. The way you think about yourself. The way you are viewed by the world and the characteristics that define you. What defines you? Just think about that for a moment. What defines us? Our past doesn't define us. Our insecurities don't define us. Our failures don't define us. Our age, our color doesn't define us. What about significance? The dictionary. Been looking, looking at the dictionary a lot this week. The dictionary defines significance as the quality of being worthy of attention. It means importance and it means value. Where do we get our worth from? Where do we get our value from? Do we place any importance on our own life? How many of us feel valued or worthy as a Christian? As a person? God loved you so much, placed a great deal of value on you that he died for you. That's how valuable you are. Tell yourself, I am valuable. Say that. Tell your neighbor, I am valuable. Tell your neighbor the other side, I am valuable. If I asked you, uh, this gentleman on the front here, if, if I asked you who you were, what would you say? My name is Andrew Gore. Well, that's, yeah. I, I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Uh, I like that. I like that. What else? Anything else? I'm a farmer. I'm a farmer. Right. First of all, that's your name. And that's what you do. But that's not who you are. You're right. And I, and I, that, that's right. I'm not trying to correct you. That's right. That's who you are in one sense. But that's your name. And that's what you do. Our identity and our significance, our value and our worth as Christians, is sometimes wrapped in what we do. What we do. Sorry. What we do rather than who we are. What we do rather than who we are. We might think our job, position in our job, status in our community, our achievements give us significance. And they give us a certain amount of value and significance and worth. But they don't last. They don't last. What if you lose your job? What if you were the managing director of a company and you lose your job? All of that is gone. 
in one sense. If you place your significance in those things, and, and it's, not, it's not wrong to think of the, of the achievements, the, the things that you've achieved. When I was a Christian and, and I worked for a company, I just wanted to achieve and go beyond where I was. I wanted to be a rep and I wanted to be a parts manager and I, and I, I attained those things. But my significance wasn't in those things. My identity, my value, my worth wasn't in those things. It's in Jesus Christ because he will never fail you. You might lose your job, but you never lose him, and he'll never lose you. He's got you. He's got you. Tell your neighbor, he's got you. I believe we will truly have a greater sense of our true identity and significance when we know who we are in Christ. We use the term in Christ as Christians. This isn't based on our performance. This isn't talking about us being perfect. This doesn't mean we've made it as a Christian. This relates to our position in him. Our position in him. You know, Paul wrote, have you got your Bibles this morning? We did a long series on habits. It's good to bring your Bibles to church or your electronic device. Get your Bible app on there and, and get your little electronic device. Some people have got notes. Take notes on, in a book. I normally take notes if Andrew or someone preaches. I've got notes there that I can reflect back on and look back on. And God might ping something in my mind, something I want to reflect back on. So that's good. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to our first verse of Scripture this morning. And it's Galatians 3.26 and 28. I'm reading from the New Living. It says, For you are all. Everyone say all. Does that leave anybody out? Does that exclude anyone? For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You know, the New King James Version Sorry, the New King James Version, I might have it up there. The New King James Version says in verse 26, For you are all sons, I've added daughters, because some of the daughters might be, you know, we say sons, you get it, there's no, because it's like, guys, we're, we're the part of the bride of Christ, so you, you know what I mean, don't you? So, sons and daughters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Say this, I am a son. Come on, let's say it like we really mean it. I am a son and a daughter of God. This is my, you say it, this is my true identity. That's who I am. I'm a son and a daughter of God. Verse 27. I'll get it right in a minute. Verse 27. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all, everyone say all, all. one in Christ Jesus. Say that, I am one in Christ Jesus. He goes on to declare another truth in Romans 8.17, and he says this, And if children, then heirs, everyone say heirs. Say, I am an heir of God. Say, I am a son or a daughter of God. But I'm also an heir of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with, a joint heir with Christ, what does that mean? What he has, you have. You're a son and daughter of the most high God. You're an heir of every promise that God has given. You and the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. Not well, could be maybe. Yes and amen. I'm a son first. I'm a pastor second. If I'm not a pastor tomorrow, I'm still a son. 
My sonship doesn't change. Your daughtership doesn't change. And if we get that, if we truly get that, we'll be going a long way to knowing who we are in Christ. So my identity and significance is in who I am, or better still, in whose I am, who I belong to. God, the God of the universe, I drove home from Life Group the other night at Poppy's, and I was just looking up at the sky. I could see, it was a clear night, I could see the stars, and there was a, there was a planet that was shining. Was it Mercury? Mercury. Yeah, Mercury. Near, and I, asked my, I had to ask my brother, I didn't know what it was. I said to Esther, what's that? Is that, is that a plane? Is it a bird? Oh no, it's Superman. No, it wasn't. It was, he said, it's the planet Mercury. It's shining so bright. And, and I couldn't stop thinking. There I am driving on my, in my car on this road on a dark night. No other planet looks like that. No other planet is populated with 7 billion people on the, on, in the earth. And, and I just, I just, I'm just amazed by the glory of God. And I think, you're mindful of me. You, the creator of all that, have made a covenant with me. I have a covenant with God. Everything he has is mine. Everything he has is mine. Everything I have is his. All my insecurities, my failures, my doubts, my fears, my struggles are his. All of his life, glory, goodness, mercy is mine. An exchange took place when you gave your life to Jesus. When he died on the cross, he gave you a new name. You were a sinner. Now you are a saint. Josh, say that. I'm a saint. Just you on your own. I'm a saint. How about someone over here? Oh, come on, someone who's bold enough. Come on, Beth. I'm a saint. You were a sinner. Now you're a saint. You know, he's even changed your name. You're a believer now, aren't you? You're a Christian. Aren't you? Christian. You're a Christian. You're no longer a slave to the devil. You're now a son and a daughter and an heir and a joint heir with God. Amen? Everything he has is ours. You know the word heir, not heir, the word heir in this verse means an heir is a person, look at this, legally entitled to the property or rank of another on that person's death. Who's died? Jesus. So we legally, we are legally entitled to the property or rank of another and that person's death. However, the enemy wants to mess with our identity by lying to us all of the time. He wants to get us to believe the opposite is true of what God says about us. He doesn't know what the world says about us or who labels us, whether the world labels us something or our friends label us something. God doesn't. Amen? We're his. One way he tries to do this is to, is to lie to us about the true nature of God. The true nature of God. So the first thing he did with Adam and Eve was to question God's character and nature. Is that right? And he's been lying ever since. So now we come to the title of today's message. That was just the start. We are praying and fasting, so there's no cake afterwards. There's no tea afterwards. Did I, I did say it was a forced fast, didn't I? <laughs> so we've got plenty of time, so don't need tea and cake. Come on. Come on. Let's just get into it. Stop it. I still love you. Even though you keep telling me Liverpool lost. They deserve to lose. 
They deserved it. They didn't play well at all. Anyway, we're getting off the subject. <laughs> What's the color of Jesus' blood? Red. Come on. Come on. He's a true red. Sorry, I don't mean to be irreverent. I'm sorry. So the purpose of this session is to direct our thoughts towards God, isn't it? Because when we know him and who he is, we'll find out who we are. You know, God isn't some mean old man waiting to get you. Because if, he'd have, if, he's, if he wanted to get you, he'd have already got you. Isn't that right? We need to believe he is love. We need to believe he is good. We need to believe that he is kind, he's merciful, he is full of grace and truth. Let's look at our next verse of scripture, and he loves us. Do we believe this? Do you believe that God loves you? Come on, let's hear an amen. amen. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. He will reward us for diligently seeking him. Don't be a casual inquirer. Be a diligent seeker. We must believe that all that he says he is, he is. Then we can know who we are. When we know who he is, we can know who we are. This talks of his character, of his, nat his nature, the very essence of his being. And if we have a distorted view of God's nature and character, we're going to see God as this mean old man that just wants to do us harm, do us wrong. And the devil will try and get us to believe that that's not who God is. You remember when, uh, what did the devil say to Adam and Eve in the garden? He's withholding something from you. How can you trust that God? He's withholding something from you. Did God really say, did God say you were going to die? And he, he, he keeps doing the same thing to us, doesn't he? Every day. They believe the lie in a perfect environment. How much more could we be deceived? They were deceived in a perfect environment, Adam and Eve. How much more could we be deceived in an imperfect environment by not believing who God says he is? You know, God speaks to Moses from the burning bush and reveals himself in his name. We're going to do, I'm going to teach the redemptive names of God at some point and really go into it so that you can understand that there's power in the name of Jesus. We sang that song today, didn't we? It's a great song, by the way. Great to end that today. Because we've got to know who he is. If he says he's all-powerful, then that's who he is. That's part of his nature and character. If he says he's good, then that's who he is. It's part of his nature and character. Exodus 3.13 says this. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent, sent you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Verse 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Bit of a strange description of God, isn't it? I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So what's in a name? The title I am is one of the most significant names for God. It signifies to be or I will be all that I will be. You know he's everything that you need. Everything that you need is found in him, in his name, 
in his names. It tells us that God is the eternal, the unchanging one. People change. Circumstances change. God never changes. Like Andrew said, he's the same, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. How many of you like friends like that? How many of you would like friends like that? Yeah, you would. Jesus is that friend. Your friends might let you down. Might fail you, but God will never fail you. Never, ever, ever. So how many, how many names do you think God has? How many names do you think he has? There must be hundreds, maybe hundreds. And we'll go into that at one point in the teaching. Um, but there's a special meaning to each name. You know, it's the name above every name. It's the name above every name. So knowing God's individual name will, will bring us a greater revela revelation of who God is. Moses realized that God was his deliver, deliverer and Israel's deliverer. Amen? So he got that. And we can see this in the life of Abraham in the next verse of Scripture. In Genesis 22, verse 7, the B part of that verse, we're going to read verse down to verse 13 and 14. So verse 7 and 8, and then 13 and 14. Then he said, look, Abraham now, believe God for a son, waited 25 years, and then God said, one day I want you to go and take your son. This is Genesis 22. You can read that from verse 1. I want to take your son. I want you to go and sacrifice him for me. Did, did Abraham argue? There was no argument from Abraham. It says the next morning. Early next morning he went out to go and take his son to sacrifice him. So we pick up the story. And then he said, look, the fire and the wood. This is Isaac now. Look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? So can you imagine what's going through Isaac's mind? Because he must have known and learned about sacrifice. We've got the fire and the wood, but, but you know, where's the sacrifice? He was going to be the sacrifice. Verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will... God will... What need do you have right now? Is it a financial need? Is it a miracle in your life with your, with your family? Is it a financial need? Is it a personal need, a relational need, a spiritual need, a physical need? God will provide. It's one of his names. He's Jehovah of what? Jireh, the Lord who provides. Is that right? The Lord will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. That was a great testament, a great statement of faith, wasn't it? Because he knows he's going to kill his son. And his son asks, well, where's the burnt offering? And he said, God will provide. So he knows God's going to provide in some way. Verse 13, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham, Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And his son said, Praise God for that. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, <coughs> that's in the um, exaggerated version. Yeah, I added that bit. Yeah, It stops at instead of his son. That's right. Verse 14, And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. So Abraham got a great revelation of God as his provider, Moses as his deliverer. Amen. So when we get to know God, when we get to know who, who he is, we'll get to know who we are. Isn't that right? So he got that revelation. Know his names, we'll know him. When we get to know who he is, we'll get to find out who we are. Who's worried be honest, we're not going to have a show of hands. Who gets worried a little bit about their image? Don't, you don't have to put your hands up. 
You'd be brave if you, you would be brave if you put your hand you put your hand up. But I think a lot of people can be a little, you know, intimidated by their image or or worried about their image. First Genesis one twenty six, the Amplified Bible says this. Then God said, Let us Father, Son and Holy Spirit make man in our image according to our likeness. And then God gave Adam, he said, I'm going to give you dominion. He said, I want you to rule and reign. You know, we are meant as children of God to rule and reign. We're meant to rule and reign over the circumstances of life. We are. So, turn to your neighbor and say, you look like Jesus. We've been created in the very image of God. You, you want to know what Jesus looks like? Turn left. And look left to the person next to you. You want to know what Jesus looks like? Turn right. Look right. (laughs) Say this. I am one of a kind. Say this. I am unique. Say this. There's no one else that looks like me, that acts like me. Well, with Danny, he's got his brother Johnny. But anyway, that's another... That must be spooky, you know, not just looking in the mirror, looking at your twin brother. I have to look at them sometimes and I think, they've got the same man. I'm not being trying to rude or anything, but they've got the same mannerisms, haven't they? You don't, oh, you haven't seen it. You, no, I know, because you've only got eyes for Danny. I get it, yeah, I've got that. Okay, let's just close our eyes for a moment. I'm going to close now. I just wanted to say this, don't compare yourself to anyone else. You'd only be a poor copy of that person. You are an original. I really feel like I need to pray for those people maybe in this room who look like they've got got it all together on the outside, but they're all broken on the inside. And that's part of what I'd like to pray for this morning. I'd also like to pray for afterwards. We're going to have a, a few people up here, a couple of girls and, and guys. <clears throat> if you, you're struggling with your identity and your significance, your value or your worth, and you're really not sure who you are, and, and you just want us to just pray for you and stand with you, and um, I'd encourage you to come every single week to listen to some of these messages because we want to pray. Over every subject that we talk about, we want to pray about some of the issues that we, we raise in that, in that meeting. And I really believe there's going to be breakthrough in you. I've been praying for 18 months for people in this church, for everyone in this church, for breakthrough in your life, in every area of your life, spiritually, physically, socially, emotionally, relationally, and financially. And I believe that breakthrough, if it hasn't come already, is coming. You've got to hold on. You need to be here every week, listen to these teachings, and be prayed for if you need prayer afterwards, so that this can kickstart for you to know who you truly are in Christ. So Father, as I close this meeting right now, I thank you for your word, that it is truth and life, and it brings life to all those who find it. I pray, Lord, that over the coming weeks that we would learn about our identity and our significance, our value, our worth is in you, Jesus, and nowhere else. We're to place our trust only in you. So Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for this, these precious people. 
I pray for our uh, prayer and fasting couple of weeks, those who are getting involved with it. Again, you don't have to fast every single thing and just eat no food or drink any water. You fast what you believe. God is calling you to fast. And then let's get some testimonies over the coming weeks of um, the breakthroughs that we're receiving through our fasting and prayer. Please come tonight for Encounter. Father, I thank you for this message. And as we leave this place today, I thank you, Father God, that your angels encamp around about us. Keep us safe and free from harm until we can meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. For more about Fields Church, visit fieldschurch.uk.